if I wasn't talking to you right now, I'd actually be on a boat going out to Rose Island swimming with the pigs today. But I was like, oh, wait, Travis is available t- Wednesday at 11 a.m. Like, oh, no, let's do that. Like, <laughs> I haven't it, seen him in a while. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I that means a lot because swimming with the pigs, I've seen it on people's Instagram is a pretty epic thing. So I hope you at least That's get to do epic. it at some point. I'll, I'll do it eventually. No, the pigs aren't going anywhere. <laughs> Welcome to Location Indie Podcast, a behind-the-scenes, unfiltered, no-holds-barred look at the realities of the location-independent life. From me and friends who are living that lifestyle, I'm Trav. I completely forgot what the intro was for like a good 30 seconds there, which is why my good buddy Christina is laughing at me because I'm like, how do I even start this? I forget because it's different now that Jay's not here. I usually ask them to start the timer. Now we don't have a timer, right? Okay, okay, okay. But I'm here with Christine, uh, badass drone operator, Christine, who just told me that she was hanging out. Let me get this right. James Bond's original creator's house in the Bahamas? Am I close. right? Did I close, that? close, close. The, or, the original James Bond, the man who wrote it, okay. lived in the house that I've been staying and flying my drone out of. It's been fantastic. Gotcha. All right. So ba- basically, you've been hanging out with James Bond is what we're getting at. There's, no, I, I am James Bond now. <laughs> you're, you're the new James Bond. Um, and guys, if you listen to to the last episode, the last couple, you know that what we're theming this around now with these interviews of, of people who have been in my life and seen my seasons of life and, and or new people. And this is why I'm so excited to have Christine on here, because we've become friends just in the last six months. Um, one of my newest entrepreneurial friendships, um, which is super fun, is this idea of seasons of life. And actually, to give you a little bit behind the scenes, uh, Christina and I connected through the Paradise Pack through a really great friend, Erica, who you'll hear her story as well. Um, and we actually got to hang out in person only a month and a half ago uh, at the World Domination Summit in Portland. And we had a lot of discussions about seasons of life and burnout and and transitions and all the stuff that we're going to dive into today. And you told me, Christine, right before I hit record, you were like, yeah, uh, I'm in a different season of life than I was even a month and a half ago from when you and I sat eating poke bowls on the steps of Pioneer Courthouse Square talking about this idea of seasons of life. You've mm-hmm. transitioned. So why don't you just, let's just hear that. Like what a month and a half ago, we were talking about this and you've, you've shifted now. And so what does that look like and, and why? Yeah. And actually I would say the seasons of life can be quickly changed with a single decision or a single instance in which you pursue something else or make, I don't know, some kind of choice. And so when I met you at world domination summit, and even, even earlier than that, right at travel con in Memphis, I was going through this intense season of I'm trying something new. I'm going to attend every single travel conference slash conference with creators there in general. And I went to seven of these things in the front half 
of 2022. See, here it I was, thought you were just coming to hang out with me. I was like, oh, she just comes to me <laughs> to hang out. Yeah, I didn't know you went to seven. I was only at two. Now, don't feel special at this point. Super intense. It was a very intense ride. It was an awesome thing to try a lot of things. And one of the things I was trying to set myself up for was, all right, like I've only been a creator for a few years now. And I signed up for every single one of these conferences when I started creating and when I started flying drones, which was in 2020. We all know what happened in 2020. So all of that got pushed to mm. this year, which is why I attended so many of them back to back. And my idea was, okay, I have a speaking coach. I'm going to get set up in 2022. I'm going to like see what the lay of the land is. 2023 is going to be my time to learn how to speak. 2024, I'm going to start speaking. And if you, I actually, I don't know if you know this, I spoke twice at conferences this year. And so things kind of escalated very, very quickly. And in hindsight, I did way too much between attending all these conferences and speaking at them about drones. And at the same time, I would not have chosen differently because this season for me was, yo, like go all in the opportunities there. We're trying something, your momentum is gaining and growing and why not? And just do it. And so I dove in hardcore on that. And in that process, right, when I was at TravelCon chatting with Erica and chatting with you, I heard about World Domination Summit. And she was like, you just got to go. And I was like, oh, man, that's one more thing. But I was like, I'm going to keep riding this wave because right now, why not? Like World Domination Summit is not a travel conference. It's I don't even know if you call it a conference, but it's a thing. And yep. I was like, I'm going to keep riding this rest of the season out. I attended it. And when I was talking to you at World Domination Summit, I was saying, whoa, this this season is over. (laughs) This this season is over. I was beyond burned out at that point. And I was ready to completely shift. And I had two more speaking opportunities in Thailand and in Poland this year. And four more conferences lined up that I canceled. Sorry, there's three opportunities to speak. It doesn't matter though. I canceled the back half of my year and realized this is the season where I shift into, let's take what I learned, let's implement it, let's reevaluate, and let's go to where it makes me freaking happy, which is the beach, the ocean, and let's fly my drone and let's press the reset button as I'm in my current season now, which is living in the Bahamas for the last month. Mm. And what do you think? I, I, yeah, I didn't, well, one, I didn't know you went to seven. I didn't know then you had another three or four on the book. I mean, you were going for yeah. basically one a month at that point for, for this year. Um, what then, so you, so you reset. Do you think that the season of speaking, specifically speaking, let's say it, and, and kind of being a speaker, do you think that that's something you will re-engage or are you at a point where you're saying, mm, maybe I don't want to do that in the same way that I thought I did? Mm. Speaking is fascinating for two of my goals. One is I went to all these conferences because I wanted to hyper connect with everybody. And you want to know it's the easiest way to connect with people? when every single person is listening to you because you're on the stage and now you suddenly have a full room of people who know who you are and the ones who gravitate toward you, you can connect with them very easily. Plus, I don't know, you can kind of gauge things when you're on the stage versus just in the audience. And I would say the other thing is 
it allowed me to literally stand on a stage about my passion, which is talking about drones, teaching people how to fly drones. And to do that in that setting versus what I've been doing, which is virtual lessons or small in-person lessons wherever I'm traveling in the world, was a really great and different opportunity where it was like a set curriculum almost um, and a little bit more structured. Not to say that you know the way I teach isn't structured, but um, people were coming together in a structured conference format um, yeah. in, in kind of a different mindset. And so it was it was something that I really loved and enjoyed for those reasons because it was helping me fulfill those kind of two goals and try out those two different things. I would say absolutely yes. Like I'm going to keep speaking. I don't know in which capacity just yet. Um, I would say there are there are there is a whole different side of attending conferences as a speaker versus an attendee that kind of was uncovered for me in this process. And not every conference is the same. I'll just say mm. that. So yeah, yes, but picking and choosing. Yeah, and I think one of the things that maybe as a misconception about this idea of seasons is that once one's over, it can't, you can't come back to it. Right. And we know, mm -hmm. you know, the reason I like using this idea of seasons is typically most people know it as four seasons in a year. Right. And they're, they're similar, like summer this year was similar to summer last year will be some similar to summer than, you know, the coming year, all that kind of stuff. And so it's not usually that a season of life ends and you don't come back to any of it. Now, maybe, maybe a large chunk of it changes, but, you know, like you said, like, all right, this season was over for me right now in a micro sense, you know, first half of year, second half of year, I might come back to it. And then we kind of have these macro seasons where, where the change is more dramatic. Maybe mm -hmm. that's leaving your corporate job, leaving whatever job you had, and then you aren't coming back to that. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and so, it, you know, it fits in a lot of different ways. I want to kind of transition to the macro seasons for you, because again, I, I'm excited because I know a little <laughs> bit about your journey. Cause you, you asked me this question. I remember we're walking like, how old do you think I am? I'm like, oh, <laughs> like, how does someone ever win this, like this question? Right. And I was like, all right, here's someone who I just met, who I really like asking me how old they are. Like, you know, come on, she's putting me on the spot. But of course I guess. And you're like, Oh no, I'm older than you think I am. Whatever. <laughs> Um, and then you uncovered like this back season that that mm -hmm. I didn't know. I only knew you as Christine. She does drones. She has this awesome YouTube channel. Her Instagram is um, incredible. Like that's what I knew you as. And you're like, yeah, but I've only been doing that, you know, a couple of years, which I didn't know either. I didn't know <laughs> that it was it had just started that season kind of for you. So let's walk it back. To, to, to look at the seasons of your life. And you can go back as far as you want. When, when I kind of told my story, I had a pretty traditional upbringing of like, you know, ele kid, elementary school, middle school, high school, college, right? Like your, your standard seasons where the decisions are more or less made for you. You're picking here and there, but you're following a traditional model. And then you get out and then it's like, this, for some people in a macro sense, it's like work, right? It's like a 30 year season, <laughs> like work. It's like, well, no wonder our generation and younger generations don't want to do. I mean, 30 years is a long time. You might switch jobs, but if that's just your if you're just on a work track, a traditional work track, that could get pretty uh debilitating pretty quick. So walk us back. Where do you remember the seasons of life happening? And were they proactive on your on your uh on your side, or were they you reacting to something happening? 
Mm, that's a great question. And I would say a lot of it is driven. My changes in seasons are driven by my desire to explore, which is why I love to travel. And that desire to explore is why it eventually led me to fly drones. Mm. And so for the, I love to reveal, I love to reveal stuff on podcasts. And so for those who are listening, if you're like, oh, how old is this chick? Uh, I'm 38. I'm 38. And I, I guess actually, 31. I guess 31. <laughs> I was like, I can't say like 22 because she's going to know I'm completely lying. But I was like, I think she's early 30. So I I'm guess like 38 going on like nine. I okay. like I, I act like a child all the time, which I actually think is really important, like to stay playful, to stay curious uh, and to be willing to constantly try new things and fall down on your face and just get back up and dust yourself off, which is my MO in life. But I rode the traditional track, too. So I grew up in San Diego and I did the whole you know high school honor system. And then I went to UC Berkeley. And what the thing I knew when I was at Berkeley was. I wanted to be a businesswoman. Like I wanted to be a businesswoman living in a big city and killing it. And I don't know why that actually, I do know why that is. It's because this is what my parents wanted out of me. And Mm -hmm. my sister was herself climbing the ladder, doing, being very successful in PR. And so I went to Berkeley and out of Berkeley, I graduated early and went to go work for walmart.com. And that was fantastic. I was super young and I was climbing the corporate ladder really, really fast. And going back to like this, I love to explore. At that time, I was living in San Francisco and I was wondering about New York City. And so I started traveling to New York City just to like explore this other coast and this vibe. And for those who know New York City, you know that nothing else in the world is like New York City. And so I decided to drop everything. I knew that if I didn't cut off my life in San Francisco, I'd been living there now for five years. I lived in the heart of the city. I had this amazing apartment overlooking Alcatraz. And I was like, if I don't cut this off now, I will never leave this life in the city. And I need to go play in New York in my twenties. Mm. Okay. And so I completely shifted gears. I gave away everything. I left my job. I went and traveled the world for four months in Southeast Asia. And then I went to New York. And when I got there, I came with three boxes, my bicycle. I had no job. I had no friends. I didn't know where I was going to live just yet. And that began the new adventure of like, whoa, like, let's figure this out. And I did. It was funny because within the first week I was there, I got a phone call from someone. And this is something where I just feel like if you put out the energy to the world of what you're looking for, it will receive you if you're ready to listen for those opportunities and be open to those opportunities. Um, And I had gotten a phone call from somebody um, and his name's Christoph. He's someone I used to know in San Francisco. And he calls me and he goes, hey, I have an opportunity for you to go consult for Saks Fifth Avenue. I'm like, oh man, this is like the quintessential like New York job. Right, he's right. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's like, like they, yeah, you're living in a TV show at this point. <laughs> he's like, they need some someone with dot com experience to go do some work over there. And so I literally stepped into the world of Devil Wears Prada. Like I was going to work every day in a skirt suit, and everybody would, uh, they 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 were so fashionable. 
and so mean. They were so mean. It was amazing. I loved every second of it. And when they asked me to come on full time, I was like, I would rather shoot myself um, and went on instead to go work for competition or to work, or work for amazon.com. And so I rode that season out. And then I just realized I'm climbing the corporate ladder. I'm doing this thing. And for what? I live in these amazing cities. At that time, I was paying like 4000 a month for my apartment in New York that I was never there because I was always in the office and I couldn't play in the playground of New York City because I was constantly in the office. And I'm just like, all of this to be here, not enjoying it and having two weeks of vacation to go rush to relax somewhere so you can rush back to your thousands of emails. And I was like, something is inherently broken about this and I need to explore something else. And so you'll, you'll learn. I live a very extreme life. And I was just like, bam, that's it. I'm leaving. And I left with nothing lined up. And this just comes back to like trust in yourself. I left that job, very cushy, awesome Amazon job, and just decided to be fun and what I call fun employed until I found something that like truly spoke to my heart and that gave me more freedom than I was having at the moment, which is why I took a year off. I traveled all the places that you can easily travel to out of New York City, which was phenomenal. And I eventually went to go work for another corporate company that all they needed, all they needed was me to go be in Michigan one week a month Otherwise I could work from anywhere. And so I started the nomad life. Um, I, I did that for seven years, seven okay. years until, until I made the full jump to be a creator. I love it. So you've got a, a lot of seasons. You're, you're one of those, I think obviously people operate differently, right? No, duh. Right. That, that, we're all human. We, we have our own personality. You're one of those who's like, this season is ending. Mm-hmm. today <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, i'm out and uh i very very clear definitive like mm-hmm. yes i'm in this season no i'm out of this season um some people obviously it takes longer neither is right or wrong it's just the way that we all operate right um when you got to that point then because now because then you knew what you wanted you're like i want freedom and, and when we talk about everything location and i you know it took us six years to come up with this idea of the triangle of freedom very simple concept but obviously you know i didn't know it i didn't know that's what i was going for but it's this idea of the interplay between financial freedom location freedom and time freedom right and mm-hmm. we had people on before nat and jody they're like well we killed time and location freedom but we had no money right and you were saying mm-hmm. well i got financial freedom. Like I'm, I can afford a $4,000 apartment in New York, but I have absolutely no time freedom and no just the sliverest of location freedom, which is like two weeks. And so, mm-hmm. you know, obviously with a triangle, like you have to try to hit all points, right? Like you have to figure out where the balance is. So you found, you started to find that mm-hmm. you go to this new gig. All you got to do is be in Michigan one, one week a year or one week a, a month. And so you did it for seven years because it fit that. What then was the breaking point for that? Because that seemed to then be a good balance of those things that you wanted. It was an amazing balance. Like, it, let me just spell out how cushy this job was. I had to be so be in Michigan one week a month. And actually, when I would say be in Michigan, it's not like oh, go live in corporate housing and bleh. it's stay at the nicest hotel in downtown. 
I'm given a $20,000, $25,000 yearly budget to travel in and out. So I can travel in and out from anywhere I want to. Um, just it needs to be at or below that number. Doesn't matter what you eat, where you stay, whatever you want, as long as it's at that number. And I get 25 days of vacation on top of that. And I am paid at a New York salary. So this is extremely cushy. And I would say four of those years, I average 15 to 20 hours a week. This is a full-time job, but I, it only took me 15 to 20 hours to do my job. And so I had a lot of free time. I had the financial freedom, but you know what I didn't have at the end? And I would say at the beginning of my job, like I was working on projects I was so passionate about, like really fascinating work. Um, but it started to shift as the company shifted in priorities and what they had me working on toward the end of my career there were not things that spoke to my heart. And I mean, you we're kind of uncovering this here that like, I really care about like, we only got one of these lives, like you got to make it really good. And so I didn't want to waste another minute, another day, another, however long of my life working on things I was not passionate about. And fast forward now we're in the pandemic. And so I started creating kind of around um, 2020 and I started creating because everyone was like, oh my God, Christine, I've been watching you for years, travel the world. Like, like, can I have some advice? Like, what do you tell me where to travel or where to go here? Or what do I do there? And I'm like, I'm so tired of repeating myself a hundred times, a thousand times. I'm going to make a YouTube video about it. So everyone can just watch the damn thing. And that's what started my YouTube channel. And then I just realized like, I love helping people to travel and that felt good. And it was, you know, at a time that no one was traveling in 2020 that I was like, I'm going to try this jump because why not? Because why not? And I, I'm a believer that if I want those old lives back again, I can go recreate that for myself. Mm. But it's mm. more important to me to risk trying something out and trying something different that I might, going back to my nine-year-old self, completely fall on my face have to get back up and dust off again. Um, but that's more important to me. Um, and so that's when I transitioned out of that gig into what I'm doing now, which is creating. What was that feeling like? Because I think a lot of people listening, they're going to fall into a few buckets. One, you've already like moved into a new season of life and and you're, and you're figuring it out, right? And you're like, okay, uh, you know, I, I've moved out of... And usually when I say moving into a new season of life, for a lot of people, the, the biggest one of the biggest changes they will ever have is is if you're in a traditional job leaving the traditional job system and going out on your own um in whatever way that looks like freelancer content creator coach you know we all know there's jobs can run the gamut but all of a sudden you're betting on yourself that's the key right there is no one giving you a paycheck necessarily uh you're betting on yourself even if you're freelancing you're finding clients so that was the first time you had jumped to that to fully mm-hmm. saying it's just christine it's not any corporation backing me. I've made these changes, but now it's like, now it's just me. Did it feel different from the other changes you had made? And what were the, because you you strike me as being very confident. And I, I think you are very confident, not just strike me as being confident, but that doesn't mean that you were like, oh yeah, no doubt. This will be fine. So kind of just walk us through that because a lot of other people are in the situation where they are in 
whether it be a corporate corporate cushy job or just a regular static job that you had been in. And they're like, yeah, that just seems like a big jump. I want Mm -hmm. it. I want to change my season, but man, like this is, this is different. It's a, it's a totally fair question. And it's something that can be insanely scary, but I would also challenge listeners to think about this There's one person that you know that you would be willing to bet all of your money on that they could accomplish whatever it is they wanted to accomplish. The answer to that needs to be yourself. And so I was willing like to bet on myself all day. I just have a lot of, um, I'm very relentless and I'm extremely tenacious. Like I will get what it is I want until I don't want it anymore. But I would say there are a few things that I was doing, and I'll talk about one of them, that really helped me to get over these fears. And so, yes, I've talked a lot about how I act from heart and I act from gut. And it's like, I don't want to do that. Like, it doesn't feel good. Like, I'm going to go do this. But what's also behind that is a ton of number crunching and plan Bs and plan Cs. In other words, like I am putting together the runway. All right. If if I decide to make this jump, I can likely sustain myself for this amount of time on this amount of budget per month until okay, my plan, you know, B would be I might start seeking out blah blah blah. And so mm. I'm setting myself up financially so that I can not worry about the numbers for that period of time that I'm gracefully giving myself to figure it out. And if I'm starting to, and there isn't just one checkpoint, right? It's not like, all right, Christine, you have three months to figure it out and you need to be doing blah. Otherwise it's whatever it is, right? There's, there's multiple layers to it. And when you have this like kind of backup plan in your mind, knowing that not to say like, oh man, like I'm immediately going to go back and do that again and be miserable or whatever it is. It's just knowing that there's more than one direction this can go in. And that because you truly believe in yourself and you can sail any of these paths amazingly, it's just, it depends on what life is going to dish you in that moment to determine which path you will take. Because you might have, you know, like the right idea or the right product at the right, oh no, not at the right time. So like, you know, it's, you're too early or too late or whatever it is. And so you got to shift gears, right? Like you might have almost everything right. And so for me, having those backup plans um, was what helped me to overcome a lot of that fear. And I would say the other, I'll give one more. Um, The other thing is for me, kind of going back to what I I spoke about with speaking on stage, I love being connected with people. I'm hyper connected with a lot of people and constantly bouncing ideas around and keeping my ear to the ground around like what else? Because even though I might have my eye on the prize of creating and creating around drones and teaching people how to travel the world and fly drones, that might be it. And there's a chance it might not be. And so I might be keeping my ear to the ground around things like, I mean, I dated DJ. He puts on sick events. I have my ear to the ground around buying venues and putting on like travel retreats around the world and putting on these kind of like really interesting, fun, exclusive parties in fun travel destinations. 
So I'm keeping my ear to the ground around other things at the same time. And so having this backup plans, plans, plural, and simultaneously, like keeping my ears, eyes, and heart open to other opportunities in case I go down this path and realize that that's not it, that the world is my oyster. And there's a whole lot of things that I can do instead. Mm, It's so true that it's a continuum between logistics and emotion, right? And Mm -hmm. everyone falls somewhere on that continuum, but that doesn't mean you're all logistics or all emotion. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I know you You as Christine. Yeah, you can't be. I know you as Christine is like, yeah, the tenacious partying, like just life of the party, wearing dinosaur outfits and and like just having a great time. And like like you said, you I I love that you said I've already said that I follow my gut and that I'm intuitive and that I will act on emotion and that I am not afraid to to jump into things. Right. And some people might listen and say, yeah, well, that's not me. Okay, that's fine. Right. Christine is more on the emotional side, but she said like this is what assaged a lot of those fears. Yes, I, I might be geared more emotional, but that doesn't mean I was ready to do it without these logistics behind mm-hmm. it. And so whichever, wherever you fall in that continuum, you know, you have to have kind of both, you don't have to have it, but it makes it a lot easier if you have both of those a little bit fixed up and you say, okay, financially, usually that's what logisticals comes down to, right? Mm-hmm. Financially, what what could I support myself with? What do I need to do this or that? And then emotionally, well, how's it going to feel? How much time and space do I need to give myself for this new venture? You know, the day I walk out of my job, I'm probably not in a mental headspace to go and do something amazing on my business. I'm probably going to need a week to like, quote unquote, grieve or celebrate or whatever. And that's where mm-hmm. I've actually had to grow a lot as a person to say, like when these big things happen in life, Sometimes they're just travel, like come home from traveling. I'm not ready to go that next day. I need two or three days to like ease back into it. Now, mm-hmm. it doesn't always happen that way, but like in an <laughs> ideal world, right? And so just being aware of where you are on that continuum and then what are the things that you can do to, to help that other side of you that might not be more the natural side of you uh, is going to really just help increase your chances of succeeding, but also make you feel good about doing it. Agreed. I have to add something to that, which is a practice that I recommend because when, when you make these jumps or when you make these choices and you do, you need to give yourself that grace and that time to transition into, okay, this now I'm going to go do this next new thing. I actually love to have something that marks and closes the book, closes mm-hmm. the chapter on that season. And that might be something like, I don't know, taking uh, every single amazon.com chotsky that I have in the house and I burn it like it's gone or it's um, something simple, you know, having a coffee in the morning and spending a few hours writing just reflections around that time in your life and what you're excited for to move on and move away from. So you can literally close that chapter, but having actual rituals that help you to get out of that and into the next thing. Like I think about something as simple as like all my amazing girlfriends who have had recent breakups, but really can't get into their new relationship because they haven't closed the door on what it was before. I'm like, yo, you like stop reading those old love letters or like whatever the hell text messages, whatever the heck you're doing, like delete that crap. It is time to move on. Like you have to have closure 
so that you can completely close the door and step into what's next. I would say some of the biggest mistakes that I've made in big jumps or changing seasons of my life is I kept trying to stay in the old season. I kept trying to wear the bikini and it ain't summer anymore. Like you got to go put on that coat. Like it's time (laughs) you're getting frostbite Uh, and having those moments of closure. So you can move on, I think is really important to do as a physical activity so that you can mentally put yourself in a new place and really just embrace it and ride that new wave. Oh, could not agree more because we, we so myself included, like I'm not big on, I don't know, symbolism or we were like, I'm like, no, I'm just like, I'm, I'm past that or that's over. But the physical manifestation, like of, of, of doing something, of closing the book. And we had just had a call inside our LI community yesterday. This is great. Jeff was talking about a very similar thing. He said, I want our employee of the year in 2020 for this firm I worked for. And I quit that job. He quit um, January of, of this year of 2022. Right. And he said, and for, but for six, seven months, I've been sitting with like the feeling that it's still a part of me and not, not in a, like, it's always going to be a part of you. It's going to be a part of your story. But obviously what he was talking about is very similar to what you were talking about, Christine, where it's like, it still felt like there was a, a hold on him. There was a tether tying him to it. And he said, I realized I went down to my basement and I saw this employee of the year 2020 <laughs> award. And he was like, Trav, this is not hyperbole. I took it. I walked outside. I threw it in the trash can and I felt so much better. Yeah. And it's like, it's a positive thing. He did a great job. Mm-hmm. He was rewarded for that. But he was like, there was this tether. And so, you know, think about what it, you can do physically to to get past that because we it, it's it's just a mental drain on you when you're trying mm-hmm. to move forward and you know that doesn't mean and I think important enough because you brought this up that doesn't mean you couldn't go back to that season right mm-hmm. like that's just because you're throwing away the 2020 Player of the Year award or getting rid of the Amazon.com tchotchke doesn't mean that if, if, if need be, your plan B is to go back to that to some degree, but it means that for that moment, you have severed that tie to allow you to float free a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Actually, I want to share one practice that I had because I had one jump in my life that was super hard. Um, and that was during my, uh, becoming homeless phase, purposely homeless and not having a place to call home. And one of the things I did is I created, um, oh man, what did I call it? I don't think it really had a name. It was kind of like my badassery wall. And I wrote down on post-it notes, I wrote down on post-it notes, all of the, the most badass things I've done in my life, the big jumps I've made, the big accomplishments I've had, the 2020 employee of the year, like whatever it is that I'm super, super proud of. And I did that thing, big or small, big or small, like it doesn't matter. Just to me in my eyes, it's an amazing thing. And in moments where I was having doubt in myself or having doubt about my jump, or having doubt about what I was doing. I would go to that wall. I would add one more post-it note. I would make myself stand there until I could think of one more thing to add to the wall. And then I would physically get out of my, like my headspace. And I would, I would do, I would do 25 pushups on the ground. I would read the wall, add a post-it, and then I would go back to what I was doing. Like this entire activity is like a 60 second activity, but would get me right back in the correct headspace. And during this time I got tennis elbow, so I couldn't do pushups at one point. So if you're not someone who likes to do pushups, I would literally like give myself a high five. 
Like that was my thing. I would read the wall, write a post-it note, give myself a high five by clapping overhead actually. And then that was it. And then I'm like, God, that's so, if anyone caught me doing this IRL, like this is embarrassing, but it like, it worked for me and finding those things that work for you to keep you in the right headspace. I think it's just so important because really you can't, the biggest thing that always holds us back in life is not, well, generally not our circumstances, not our environments. It's generally ourselves. It's ourselves. I, I'm, I'm making a badassery wall. I told you I'm not big on like actual, like I don't journal a ton, you know, I'm not, I'm, but I need, I know there are things that that can be helpful. And sometimes I hear them. I'm like, that's not for me. The badassery wall is pretty cool. Cause I'm looking at this wall right on the other side of my computer. And I was like, I'm just going to start putting post-it notes up there. Yeah. Like, because again, you know, we say, Oh, well, I'll just think on something that I've done well. And, and not enough. Like, no, no, because that thought will come in. And so will 10 other thoughts of, of self-doubt. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but like actually physically, and this is where I think we're going to ask like the physical, process of doing some of these things of high-fiving yourself of doing a jumping jack of doing a push-up whatever it is and of writing that note is really the thing that that breaks the mental cycle of doubt fear this and that mm-hmm. and again will it break it forever of course we, no of course not you're gonna have to go back to but that at least for five minutes <laughs> yeah right right gives you five minutes to go do the thing you need to do and then say all right i'm good i'm good um that is a really, really powerful thing. If anyone else is going to do a badassery wall, let us know. That's that's now the official name. You never named it, but it's it's named that now. Oh, hell yeah. The badassery wall um, of post-it notes of things that you've accomplished that you're proud of, right? That 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 you have done in your life that you're proud of. Um, and yeah, just standing there having to make yourself think of one each time you have a doubt is cool because Like I can't, I'm just waiting for the first moment where I stand there for like half a minute and I can't think of one (laughs) and then it hits and I'm like, I did do that. I was Mm -hmm. 12 years old and I did that, right? Mm -hmm. Whatever it is. Um, So I'm waiting for that. That'll be fun. So we we talk about the seasons of life and you talked about entering this this new season for you. Like you became a creator. So we've walked through your backstory and, and all those big macro seasons and then even the micro seasons, because you sat there at WDS like, Trav, I'm burnt out. And I remember telling you, like, mm-hmm. you got to stop doing as much as you're doing. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know that much, but I, I know that because I've been in that spot where it was like, I'm just trying to do everything that mm-hmm. I can and it, it just doesn't work. And, you know, and obviously you took that to heart and, and not just me saying it, but probably other people and other people you've surrounded yourself with saying it, saying, I'm, I'm cutting these conferences out. I'm cutting the speaking engagements out. I'm going to the Bahamas. I'm buying my drone. I'm paddleboarding in it while there's heavy storms. I saw that you like almost got caught out in a storm, whatever it was. So this is serving as a reset. What do you think though? And what do you think the next maybe even couple of seasons look like? Like I was always struggling with making a two-year plan or a five-year plan or a 10-year plan because I always thought it had to be business focused. Mm. And what I've really started to realize is it can be lifestyle focused. And that's way more fun for me. I don't, I might not know where the business is happening in five years, but I know the part of life I want to be. And I know what age my kids will be. I know my kind of where I want to be as, as a father, right. And, and all that kind of stuff. So what do you kind of see? I'm not going to put a date on it, but like, what are the next couple iterations of Christine? 
Yeah. I'm so excited to share this answer because the answer is, I don't know. And that's super exciting for me. And I would say it's let, so what my old life would be, you wanted to see the five-year, seven-year, 10-year, the 15-year plan. Like it was all laid out in a beautiful Excel spreadsheet with all of the things. And I could tell you verbatim what it is, you know, for my life, for my career. And then like with all the business projects I'm working on. And for me now, one of the things I think about a lot is how you need to double to succeed. You got to double your failure rates. And it's about trying a lot of things to understand what you don't like, to understand what it is you truly love. And one of the things that pained me literally and physically about all of these conferences, and it wasn't the flying red eye from one to the next because they were all back to back. It was that they were in locations that did not speak to me. For me, I just love being in, on, and around the ocean all the time. And so I've chosen for the rest of the year to spend it at the ocean. So I spent this entire month at the Bahamas. I jump onto a cruise for a while to be back at the Bahamas, <laughs> which is kind of funny. And then I go scuba diving in Bonaire for September. The list goes on with just beach destinations for the remainder of the year. Because when you are in the right environment, you can set your soul on fire in terms of your creativity, in my opinion. Like a lot of people tell me, oh, Christine, you're burned out. You know, you just, you just need to get some rest and you just need to sleep more. And it's like, yeah, that's great for your physical well-being, but that doesn't give you your creativity back. Like being in the right environments will give you your creativity back. And here I'm going to reimagine like what things look like next. And what's interesting is as soon as I got here, I, I immediately was, well, staying in a place where I could literally sit on the couch, drink my coffee and fly my drone straight out the window, looking at the beach to capture the sunrise and all of the amazing stingrays and sharks and fish that were all swimming by. It was amazing. And immediately I was like, I got to create my next drone course. And on day two that I was here, I started filming the drone course um, with, exactly how I've been teaching it to people. And so I know the next season of my life will continue to bring a crap load of drone stuff um, from me out to the world. It will be located in lots of beach destinations. But one of the things I just, I know to be true is um, in shaping this, it's just continuing to call on the things I love and be in the places I really want to be in and be around the people I really want to be with. Right. If I wasn't talking to you right now, I'd actually be on a boat going out to Rose Island, swimming with the pigs today. But I was like, Oh wait, Travis is available Wednesday at 11 AM. Like, Oh no, let's do that. Like <laughs> I haven't seen him in a while. <laughs> oh man. Well, I, that means a lot because swimming with the pigs I've seen it on people's Instagram is a pretty epic thing. So I hope you at least get to do it at some point. I'll, I'll do it eventually. No, the pigs aren't going anywhere. Um, no. <laughs> no, I, I, I couldn't agree more that it's, it's about your environment and that means the people and also the places and yeah. as travelers. And I think a lot of people listening will resonate with this. We, we like to travel cause we're curious. And so we, um, or at least maybe I'm projecting, at least I feel like, well, okay, as long as I'm in new places and this and that and traveling, like I'm going to be creative or, or I'm going to have that. But what I've come to realize is like different things serve me. So like you, if I'm near water and, and I'm at a beach or a lake, like that is what fills me up more than mountains or 
cities. And I like those things for certain things, but like when I feel the most kind of true to myself, it's like, I'm very easy access to water. And, um, I think we sometimes don't want to admit that kind of stuff to ourselves. It's Travis like, no, I like everything. I like everywhere, you know, but it's like, there are going to be places that are going to serve you in different seasons of life. And like you said, you realized that New York was, I mean, that was pretty uh, amazing thing to realize at such a young age that like, I need to do New York. And I even remember you saying, and this was, this hit me when you say in my twenties, you realize maybe without thinking it, this is a certain season of my life because twenties means X, Y, Z. And so I got to be there at this time, Mm -hmm. you know, and you did it. And then you're like, okay, that, that phase is over. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just think people, yeah, you surround yourself with the right people, but also be very aware of what it is, where it is that the surroundings that, that you need in that moment. And I remember when you said, I'm going to the Bahamas, I was like, best decision you could ever make. Like, just get down there. Right. Because that will spark the things that you need to be creative. So true. And it was something where, again, being open to the universe. And I didn't know I was going to be here until six days before I was here. It was Mm -hmm. one of those things where I knew the beach was calling me, you know, and I kind of put that out to the world and was starting to keep my ear to the ground around opportunities to be in amazing places like like the Bahamas. And it, it just so happened to come my way. And I would say that's, that's been the case with a lot of things. Um, and so just being open to it, I think is really important to start that, to start those next seasons or to start that next jump or start that next thing. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So where, cause I've already said that your Instagram is one of my favorite to follow. Like I, I don't do much on social. You know, there's like five or six that are up there with the stories. Cause those are the ones I hit all the time and yours is right up there. And I'm always like, <laughs> Oh man, this is awesome. One, because I don't even know how to fly a drone. So like the footage you capture is incredible. <laughs> and the place, so where are people, if they, if they want to find out more about what you're doing, especially about the drone, the courses and all that, what's the best way for them just to start following your journey and, and see what this new season of life is? Cause you said, I don't know what it's going to be. So like everyone's going to follow along with you here. I'm excited for the adventure and the mystery, but the best way to follow along is Instagram. I'm on every single platform but also my drone YouTube channel, Drone with CL, and then my travel channel, if you want to see where I'm traveling while I'm flying those drones, but my website, christinelazada.com, will drive you to everything I have. So you want to meet me on Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, I'm at Christine Lazada everywhere. She's still doing it all. Like despite her <laughs> saying, I'm doing too much. She's social media wise, she's all there, right? Um, awesome, Christine. I appreciate it. And uh, honestly, for me, this was, a lot of the people that I'm having on the show, as we enter the new season of this show without Jason and with like, all right, what are we going to do? I don't know. Some interviews, some whatever. Like I even told people, I don't know what the show is going to look like, but most of the people coming on, I've known for a while and I know a large chunk of their story. And what was so exciting about me when you were like, all right, I can make it work at 11 a.m. And I was like, <laughs> yes, let's please do it. Because I was like, I only know these small tidbits of Christine's story but I know that she has changed seasons quite a bit. Now, I didn't know how many and I didn't know uh, what was all involved in it, but it is a fascinating journey. And I think, uh, you know, if one thing, if I'm going to remember one nugget just coming from this is how you mentioned, like I am an emotional actor. I act on emotion, but I back it up and I assage those fears with logistics and planning. And I think that's just 
that's the way to attack this, right? Because you're setting yourself up for success. So thanks for all the wisdom that you shared and and for keeping me traveling vicariously when I'm not through your Instagram. Uh, <laughs> Hell yeah. Every day, Christine, every day I'm stalking you. So I Go make that it. badass wall and tag me on it so I can see it. I will. I will. So thank you guys. If you're listening, if you're new to this and you haven't checked out locationindie.com, that's where everything that we're doing goes down. The projects we're doing, the helping people enter the new seasons of life and, and take the seasons that they're into another level, locationindie.com. Sign up for the email newsletter. That's the easiest way to stay in touch with us because we don't have a killer, amazing Instagram like Christine. We've got one. It's just not full of amazing drone shots of stingrays out of James Bond's lair. Um, yet, yet, I should say. Um, so check it out there. Christine, thank you. Always, thank always, you. always a pleasure.